Welcome to Renewing Hope Church in Oceanside, California, where our mission is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We pray that this episode will both challenge and encourage you to love more. And now, here's today's episode. So last week we spoke on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, tonight we're going to talk about the greatest gift, which is love, right? So, um, and specifically the kindness of God, that love is kind. Um, I want to start off talking about the age we live in, and I think we take it for granted that we are in the age of technology. So with all this knowledge, there's just this incredible world that we live in, and some of the benefits of that are that things in certain areas are getting a lot better. So like healthcare is a great example. I mean, in the 1800s, they were still bloodletting. So if you got sick, they would just bleed you out because they didn't know that the life was in the blood, just like God told Moses 3,500 years ago, right? They just figured it out. Um, so healthcare is this incredible thing. And so we're able to save so many more lives. Uh, productivity, you think of like a a plant that's putting together all these cars and different things. Like, that's an incredible gift of knowledge. Um, communication, the fact that I can pick up this plastic device and call someone in Japan and talk to them instantly is like, what a gift, right? It's so magical. Um, travel. I joked last time I was sitting guy on, on the seat next to me of a guy who worked in San Diego in the Navy, and we were coming back from visiting my sister in Colorado, and we're going over the Rockies, and we we're both laughing and like, yeah, in a couple hours, we come from Denver to San Diego, and it used to take a month, and half your party would die along the way. You know, like, what a gift that you can just get on a plane and travel anywhere um, over the world. And Convenience. So there's a lot of convenient things about technology and being able to like share advertising super easily and communicate with people through email and stuff like that. So these are all these blessings that we, we get through the world of knowledge and this incredible age of knowledge that we live in. Um, the bad comes from 1 Corinthians 8.1. And this is from God himself. It says, we know that we all have knowledge Knowledge puffs up. So with knowledge comes puff, puffing up is like pride, right? When you think higher of yourself than you should. So that's why Jesus said, like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees because they would become more inflated. Like, I think I'm so awesome. Check me out, right? Uh, so knowledge can puff up. Um, so the bad part of knowledge can be pride, right? And with knowledge comes pride. And the example would be, that guy's a sheep. I, knew, I really know what's going on, right? And we saw a lot of this from both sides with like the whole coronavirus thing. There's both, two different sides are getting information and there's all these, like everyone thinks they're smarter than the other guy. And, and people are, you know, guessing on sources and information. It was like one of the weird, I mean, it was one of the weirdest times we've ever gone through as far as like, man, trying to figure out what is the truth, like what is really going on, right? But I think one of the dangerous things about knowledge um, and, and the pride that comes with it is what it can lead to. So Proverbs 13.10 in the New King James Version says, by pride comes nothing but strife. Now, what does strife mean? Well, the strife definition is angry or bitter disagreement over fundamental issues or conflict, right? So people, two sides, which is what we've seen for the last two years, two angry sides, you know, arguing over 
over something that, that the knowledge, right? And we see it in political stuff. So you got two sides arguing over all this stuff and it's conflict and it's bitter and it's turned into a time where we relish just like destroying our fellow human beings. I don't know how many times I've come across like a, a clickbait of a YouTube thing that's like, so-and-so destroys this person with this argument. And I think, what a horrible time that we actually enjoy like seeing other human beings that God made and loves like humiliated and destroyed, right? It's no longer, can I learn from you? It's like, let me destroy you. So these are the, the bad things um, that can come with that. So with, with knowledge comes pride. With pride comes unhealthy anger. Things aren't going how I think they should. With anger comes treating others badly or meanness, right? And so an unhealthy anger list is anger motivates a person to hate, wound, damage, disdain, vilify, curse, ruin, demolish, tease, laugh at, humiliate, shame, criticize, fight, compete with, crush, offend, or bully another person. And the worst thing about anger is anger is contagious. And this is why the Bible says, make no friends with an angry man. So an example of how anger can spread. So like uh, with the, the picture of the boss, right? So we got the angry boss. So the boss angrily confronts the employee. Employee responds angrily to wife when he gets home. Wife vents her anger on teenage boy who just walked in. Teenage boy takes it out on his younger brother. Younger brother kicks the dog who came in and licked him. The dog bites the cat. The cat scratches the three-year-old. The three-year-old pulls off the head of her Barbie doll. Right? They say, uh, poop rolls downhill, right? So this is the way of man, but what is God's way? What is God, like his, his ways are higher, right? That's what holy means. It's like set above, like the higher path. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What's super cool about that verse is you can put the name of Jesus in place of love, and it fits perfectly. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on its own way. Is not irritable or resentful, right? And then the dangerous part is now put yourself in that in place of it. Like, Corey is patient and kind. Well, sometimes, you know. And so as a barometer of like where we're at with the Lord, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more that list should line up with you because the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make you like Jesus, right? So in the context of this verse, and if you guys have ever been to a wedding, they always read this at a wedding, right? What the, like, what is love? But I always find it so interesting that in its context, Paul is talking about speaking in tongues and prophecy and gifts of the Holy Spirit before this chapter and after this chapter. So he's talking about miraculous things of like 
Speaking in tongues freaks people out. I freak my wife out. I speak in tongues. And it scared her for forever. She's okay with it now. But like hearing this Asian language come out of me is like, what is that, you know? Um, so people are really uncomfortable with tongues and prophecy, right? But this is in the middle of that. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying that this is the greatest gift, the gift of love. Um, love is kind. And one of my favorite memories is um, I've had this one time in my life where I had an actual like heavenly vision, which was like a dream, but you're awake. And in this vision, Jesus appeared to me as a man and then changed over time. But when he appeared to me, he started off and he didn't say a word and he was just smiling at me with hands down the kindest smile I've ever seen in my entire life that just like melted me. And, he, and it wasn't for like a second. He didn't stop smiling the whole time. He was just, and I just realized at that moment how kind God is, right? He is just so, so kind. Um, we're going to look at just a couple verses that kind of go over this. So John 13, verse 34 and 35 A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, not your knowledge, not your theology, but by your love, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So love is the greatest quality of a disciple of Jesus. It's not knowledge or discipline or abstinence from sin. It's Love is the number one thing that, that people will be able to tell that we're, we're followers of Jesus. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit, these are the different flavors, as you can think of like an ice cream shop, right? you got all these different flavors of ice cream. So these are all the different flavors of the Holy Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, I love that word, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. I always, um, you know, we, like we talked about last week, the, the bells and whistles gifts are the speaking in tongues and the healing and the prophecy, and everyone goes, whoa, that guy's like really spiritual. And you'll hear people saying, like, man, I'm going to fast for, like, a week and ask God for the gift of prophecy. But I've never heard someone say, man, I'm going to fast for a week and ask for the gift of self-control. Right? But those are these, like, little details you find in the Bible where it's, like, the, the most magical things of the Holy Spirit are the ones that we don't really pay attention to. Um, and I love this list of, of his, his just gentleness and his kindness and all these things. So he's giving us this this image of who he is and what he's like. And I think that's why the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity is because he's so gentle and kind. And he's like, I don't even need to speak as, I mean, in my opinion, there's only one time in the Bible where he speaks like out loud. And that's at the end of Job, because he says he speaks out of the whirlwind and, and, and spirit and wind is the same word in Hebrew. Usually he has no problem taking the back seat and speaking through other people, right? Because he's so meek and humble. But because he's so meek and humble, he's the most misunderstood. 
and people think he's a force or different stuff, but he is a person and he is the reason I am breathing. So breath and is, is the same word for the spirit, right? So the fact that we, how do you tell when someone's alive? They're breathing, which is the spirit. And when they die, there's no longer breath or no longer spirit. Uh, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So an easy way to be kind and tenderhearted is to remember what God did for us, that we were all knuckleheads and really made him upset and disappointed with the things we did. But because of his love, he was tenderhearted and forgave us, and we do the same for others. Um, Luke 6, 35, But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he, God, is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. I don't know about you, but I don't know how he does it. Like, I literally don't know how God does it. If I had his knowledge, think about his, like, when you see something on the news and you're like, oh, that's horrific. He has intimate knowledge of every bad thing going on around the world at all times. Like, we can take our news cameras and all look at Ukraine and be like, oh, this is really bad. This is horrible. But there's so many things that are going on right now in Nigeria that are equally as horrible, right? So we only focus on what the news cameras show us. Like, during coronavirus, it was like, look how many people are dying. And I was like, man, I'm so glad they don't do that for traffic accidents or we'd all be scared to drive. If they just focused on every person who died every day from a traffic accident, we'd all be scared. So our media kind of tells us where to look, right? But God sees all of it at the same time. And every day, people that he keeps alive take his name and they use it as a cuss word. Every day, every moment. And I don't know how he does it. But this is why, because he's so kind. He loves them. Even though they're evil, even though they take his name and, and they use it as a bad word, uh, even though they basically you know, stick their fist at the air and they say, you know, screw you, God, I'm not doing what you tell me. And he's like, I'm still going to bless you and send you food and rain. It says that God sends rain, which is a symbol of blessing, on the just and the unjust. So God is kind even to the ungrateful and the evil which is what he wants us to be, is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Uh, people should know us by our love, but if they ask about our faith, how should we respond? So there is an aspect of knowledge and being able to, it's not just love. We can't all just be hippies and like, man, God's love and whatever. Like, we still have to like give people like doctrine and theology and explain why the cross even exists. You know, why is there a cross? Why did Jesus have to die? We have to be able to answer these things. But when we do it, notice what, what Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Um. I don't know about you guys, but one of, I'm just like my engineer brain. I'm just always analyzing stuff. And one of my favorite things is um, I speak a little bit of Spanish and I, and I work with a couple guys that speak different languages. And we've got a busser who's like, 
He's not from Ukraine, but he's a Belarus, I think, or something over there, but he speaks Russian, barely speaks English. And I got a couple Portuguese guys at my work, and so there's all these different languages, right? But my favorite thing is when, when, when someone doesn't understand them, like a foreigner comes up and they don't understand them, that they try and explain what they're saying by raising their voice. You have to go down to the street at the end and hang a left, right? Like they raise their voice like the problem is volume, not like knowledge, right? And it's hilarious. So next time you see like two people who don't understand each other, notice how they raise their voice. And we are all guilty of this. So when someone doesn't understand us, you think about a, a husband and a wife arguing, they're not seeing your point, what do you do? You raise your voice. Maybe if I get a little louder, it will make sense to you, you know? Um, we are all guilty of this. But that is not how God is, right? So Proverbs 25, 15 says, With patience a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue will break a bone. What does that mean? It means like if things are getting heated and there's a lot of dissension and different opinions out there, I think as Christians, we need to remember that God is gentle and kind. And if I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if you're in a heated argument and you just take a breath and maybe pray or take your voice down, you know what, and just lower your voice. It's, in, it's incredible how much it will kind of diffuse the situation. And for my job... I'm a general manager, and so I just deal with problems all the time. And I just talk kindly and gently with them. I let them vent. I apologize. And it's incredible how much just being kind and gentle will diffuse so many issues. So we need God to give us his heart, right? So this is, this is his, this is who God is that we're asking for. So teaching kind, someone to be kind is not enough. I went to my son's school, and they had a rally at Jefferson Elementary in Carlsbad, and they had this huge sign about being kind and all this different stuff. And I don't know if you guys have hung around little kids, but they're so mean. Like, they're so mean. They look for any crack in your armor, and they'll just, like, say the most horrible things about you. Um, they just love picking on each other. So just the fact that they have a big sign to be kind isn't enough. And I can get up here, and I can say, be kind, and you guys can all leave and say, you know what, I'm going to be more kind this week. And then someone cuts you off on the freeway and it just goes all away, right? So it goes back to what I said at the beginning. This is a gift from God. So just like there was the gift of faith or the gift of administration, there's a gift of kindness and love. So it is the highest gift. That's one of my favorite segues in the Bible is you're going through all these different gifts of like bells and whistles stuff and then Paul says, yet I show you still more an excellent way. And then he goes into this list. Because love is the greatest gift. And if it's a gift, then it's something that can be implanted into us through the Holy Spirit, even though it doesn't always come naturally. I've been asking personally for the gift of love for years. Because it's something, and I have been, it's been, and I'm starting to see the effects of it. So, I am naturally a super shy introvert. The fact that I'm standing up here is a, is a miracle, right? That's God. Um, when I go into public spaces, I, I won't even ask someone who works at the grocery store where something is. I like my, One of my earliest memories is being at a party with some of my neighborhood kid friends, and I couldn't handle all the people in the room, and I went and hid in a different room, and I was just like, what's going on? I didn't understand. Like My introvertedness was so extreme 
that like, I just want to go hide. And uh, that's my testimony. I was trying to be an engineer before God called me to this because you can hide in a studio and just work on music all day. You don't have to deal with stuff. But God's like, no, I have other things planned for you. And so it's like, all right, well, give me the gift of love. Help me with this. And a couple years ago, one of those experiences was I was in uh, the line waiting to get on a cruise. And there's kind of, everyone's got their luggage and it's a long line. You're waiting to get to the counter so everyone can go get on, on the boat. And I just started crying looking at everyone because I could feel God's love for each individual person. And it, it like melted my heart. And I'm like, I need more of that, God. Like, because my natural man uh, selfishness is to not even want to make eye contact with people. And then, like, you know, but I notice, like, if Mr. Rogers, I just watched this documentary on Mr. Rogers, and he's got certain controversial things, but the guy was just so kind to people. He was so kind to everybody. And he would look at TV and be like, why are people laughing that someone throws a pie in someone's face? That's horrible. Like, why do we enjoy that as a society? Like, and he would just take each little kid and talk to them like they were the most important thing on the planet. Because in God's eyes, you are all his favorite. And if you're a parent, you know how that's possible. Because you can have multiple kids and they can all be your favorite, right? So you are all God's favorite. So when we ask for the gift of love, when we ask for the gift of kindness, um, we need to ask with Faith, believing that God can implant this in your heart. So if you struggle in a certain area, if you struggle with your temper, this is something that we get on our knees and we ask him for. And then the final point that I'll go to is the key to all this. Because when you think of a tree producing fruit, the branch of an apple tree isn't like, oh, I'm going to get a red apple. And it's just like, stressing all day, like if I will it hard enough, you know, put it on my board, on my wall, and look at it every day, I can get my red apple. No, it just literally plugs into the tree, and it chills, and there's no stress, and there's no pressure, and there's no, like, anxiety or anything. When we plug into Jesus, his burden is light, and we should see this stuff just magically transform over time. It's like if you've got a plant, and every time my wife goes away for the weekend, we all forget to water the plants. And the thing just starts withering, right? And I don't even notice it. She comes home. She's like, how is that? No one noticed? I don't know. I don't notice anything. Unless you paint the room, I'll barely notice. So she comes home, and she just puts water in all these things. And magically, they just come back, right? So John 15, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Aha, uh -huh. so there's the key. We got to plug into Jesus every day. We got to soak him in. I can't even, I mean, I'm a music guy, and I can't even listen to anything but worship music anymore because I just have to soak in Jesus all the time. Like, I can't get enough of him. I am so in love with who God is, his kindness to me, he is just the best, and he just opens his arms to all of us, and he just says, come hang out with me and watch what happens, right? So this is awesome what we're doing. I love church. Like when I don't have, when we take a week off or something, like we took one off around Christmas, and, and I miss this so much because just being in a room with you guys and face leading us in worship, and I just feel God's presence, and it's like, oh, it's so good. But tomorrow, the busyness starts and all the chaos, right, and goes. And so I have to 
carve out time in my week to make sure that I'm still plugged into Jesus. And a lot of times praying without ceasing isn't like, you can't pray without ceasing. You can't, you have to have conversations with people. You can't be at the grocery store and they're like, do you, uh, you want paper or plastic? God uh, bless this person. And, you know, like you have to have regular conversations with people. So praying without ceasing is just keeping God in every moment. In your mind, God, pray for this checker as they're checking me out. And then maybe open a a possibility for me to say something nice to them. And um, honestly, I can say that take it from Jesus, from my vision with Jesus. Just smile at people. We need to be... As followers of Jesus, I want to be known as the people who smile a lot, like because of true joy and love for our fellow human being, because being kind and tender and gentle and meek is really um, what's going to change things. More yelling and volume isn't cha- things are all getting worse, not better, right? And as both sides are getting louder and everything's getting louder, I feel I can sense it on the freeway. It's like, man, I don't remember this many, like, you know angry, aggressive drivers ever. It just seems like everything's getting worse. But we can be the change. We can be the salt. We can be the light. So, Holy Father, I thank you for your kindness to us, that you are kind to us when we're ignorant of your ways. You are kind to us when we are running away from you. You are kind to us when we're way more concerned about other things than you, God. You're just always patient and kind. You, you, you stand on the door of our heart and you just gently knock. And you say, I'm here. I want to I wanna hang out with you. So, um, Father, break down any walls in our heart that are keeping us from you. If there's any room in our heart that we haven't opened up to you, whether that's our profession, our hobbies, our entertainment, our marriage, our, our dreams, if there's any piece of our heart, God, that we're holding on to, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the courage to open up every door in our heart to you and that you would come in and you would, you would be with us and that we would truly know what it's like to be one with the living God. So thank you, God, for giving us your Bible that we can read this and learn about it For centuries, no one had what we have every day available to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the men and women who labored endless hours to put Bibles together for us to read, God. For the men and women who held on to all the texts and, and all the documents, God. The fact that we can read your holy word that you spoke through Paul 2,000 years ago is a is such a gift, and we're so grateful for it. So, God, thank you for tonight. Pray for everybody that you would just continue to show them how important they are to you and how much you love them. And bless this time of worship. Thank you for tuning in to Renewing Hope Church. May God's love for you renew your hope today. And may his face shine upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer or would like to reach out to us, you can do so on our website, renewinghope.church.